what's going on guys welcome back to the you know birds podcast i am here with uh at least two-thirds of the bell and the bird crew we have vince and tyre are in the house today uh just a little bit of housekeeping here we will be officially transitioning the feed over to you know birds starting next week on the eagles bye week as we roll through this season so if you see and notice a difference on your feed that is why so just just a quick update on that but we got to get into this game because oh my god they did it again they had us on the edge of our seat the entire time and it felt like to me the thing that I took from this game was this is why I've been afraid of the Dallas game. And this is also why I'm never actually afraid of Dallas <laughs> because it feels like I've been saying all year, they are a weird kind of matchup for the Eagles. They have a lot of game breakers on the defensive end. They have a talented quarterback who gets the ball out quick and can extend plays and could be a nightmare for the Eagles defense that has struggled against those kind of quarterbacks. But then at the end of this game, as the Eagles try to give the game away to them on two different occasions, they hang on at the end. So Tyre, why don't you start up top with uh, your thoughts on yesterday's narrow victory against the Cowboys? I think I'm the youngest one out of the entire group, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm too damn old for this shit. All right. <laughs> I'm going to just put that out there right now. This game took 10 years off my life. Oh my gosh. This game should have been over on multiple occasions. And I, I this team scares the hell out of me sometimes with the way they close games. But my God, I think the only reason why we really won was because of Dak Prescott's inadequacy for some damn reason somehow or some way Dak prescott screws his team over including mike mccarthy like how the like i'm still amazed about how on a two-point conversion you somehow in some way don't have the awareness of knowing where the hell the out of bounds line is and how but I think bald. I saw Baldy put out a tweet yesterday. This game was literally a game of inches the entire game. And it, it was exciting. And I agree with you, Trill. Like I, I was never one of those people that overlooked the Cowboys, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, it's still the Cowboys. I'm going to figure somehow, some way how to screw themselves out of this. So in the beginning, like, I'm like, it, even when we were down going into the half, I'm like, I'm not really too scared too much. And then when that, and then when Fox showed that stat where when Jalen Hurts is trailing, he's first in the NFL in quarterback rating. But when Dak Prescott's trailing, he's last in the NFL in quarterback rating. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is encouraging. This is not, now I feel a whole lot better. I wasn't worried about us coming back i was just worried about us getting the lead and then sustaining that league for me that's always been the achilles heel of this team especially on defense being able to keep the opposing team down but i think the defense held them to what six points in the second half like that's impressive you can't come away from this game you know not impressed but also having gears taken off your life yeah keep in mind the worst red zone offense in the league i believe or at least five, bottom five the cowboys showed again yesterday why that is the case but coming out of this game i mean look i think we feel good about the same things that we felt good about for most of this year we feel obviously health wise jalen doesn't look quite the same but he's muscling through it he's incredibly tough making insane plays over and over despite the situation despite the offensive line not really playing up to the level that you're used to them playing at 
and the one thing that I think that we had become accustomed to last year and into this year was their ability to kind of run the ball down the throat of the other team when they have a lead and sustain that lead and kind of have those back breaking drives at the end of games. And yesterday they had two chances to do that and they were not able to pull it off and they gave Dallas every chance. And you said it was a game of inches, not only on the conversion by Dak, but also on the touchdown that was not a touchdown by Ferguson on the goal line, Reed Blankenship holding strong on fourth down there. There were so many times that the Eagles tried to give this game away, especially on the defensive end. The penalties on the last drive, 50 seconds left. They get the ball at their own 15. They throw that pass up knowing that it has no chance to be completed, but they draw the uh, DPI on Bradbury in that position. It's just kind of unforgivable uh, uh, from the Eagles to allow Dallas to hang around that long. And the fact that they escape with the win is great, but I still feel the same way that I've kind of felt about the Dallas matchup in general. It's like they will beat themselves. But if you, if you just let a, a good teams hang like this, I think it eventually does catch up to you. So Vince coming out of yesterday, are you concerned with the def? I mean, I, I guess I'll ask you about two things. Are you concerned with the corner play, the secondary play in general, and are you concerned with the offensive play calling and how the Eagles were not able to kind of ice the game after they had uh, basically a two touchdown lead in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So uh, from the defensive standpoint, I mean, it, it's such a fascinating thing to think about this team, right? Because so many times we talk about them all the time. Oh, my God, what's going on with the defense to get beaten? The secondary part of it's been injuries like CeeDee Lamb at 191 yards yesterday, 191. They only scored 23. Like, I, it just feels like for whatever reason, it's it's this bend, but don't break which we've seen over the years from time to time with this team. Like they, they've just continued to play like that. And it's good enough. I mean, look it, it score the points, man. Like that's how this whole league works these days. That's how the Eagles want to play for the most part. And I think the unfortunate thing is they haven't been able to get a big enough lead where like that downhill stuff really comes into play. Like, you know what I mean? Like running the clock out and sealing it. Like we're used to, like you were just talking about and getting five sacks and forcing bad picks and all that kind of stuff. Like everything has allowed people to be in it late, but also uh, it, it doesn't lead to that same kind of sloppy play. So I just, for the most part, they're, they're playing pretty well. They're not having like massive bracket backbreaking penalties all the time. So I credit them for everything they've been able to do to this point as, as weird as it looks. Um, and we'll have a couple more great teams to play against to see how they hold up there. But for now it's good enough to be eight and one. I got to give them some credit. And, and like for the offensive side, I think the most fascinating thing the last couple of weeks has really been uh, Dallas Goddard more than anything. And I, I know AJ Brown is killing it and that gets a ton of love and, and naturally show. So the guy's got over a thousand yards. And I mean, we're only what, 10 weeks into the year. So like or nine weeks into the year. So it's, I mean, it's absolutely amazing what he's done. You got to give him all the flowers too. But like over the last couple of weeks since they had that St. Uh, I almost said St. Louis, but I didn't, I didn't. Uh, when that Rams <laughs> game happened and Dallas Goddard went off. I mean, since then it's just like they throw him the ball more or if they're not throwing him the ball all the time, they're just doing it at times where he is really effective. I mean, early in the game, he had that out route on a third down, had a great grab at the sideline to go and keep that in. Like the, they had a drag route where he went behind the line of scrimmage or went through traffic pretty much at the line of scrimmage, got open, got another couple yards late in the game. Like they're just figuring out how to use him more and do it consistently. And when you're adding that layer to things, it's definitely something they've missed. And so to see that kind of rhythm, I'm, I'm feeling better about the offense, honestly, than I have in a while in terms of taking a leap. And it's just a question of really how far can they push it? 
And he was playing so well that Dallas thought, let's, you know what, let's take him out of this game and put him out for a month. So yeah. we did get the news today that da Dallas Goddard will be out for the next month. And obviously as they go through, they continue to this tough stretch, which we thought the tough stretch was going to start uh, last week. Um, and it ultimately ended up starting in the Jets game because the Jets obviously steal that game away. But the Eagles are 2-0 during what we perceived as the rough stretch with the Dolphins and the Cowboys. And now they're heading further down the road. They're, they're looking forward. I am I'm definitely concerned with the corner play because I know that uh, Bradley Roby, who has really only played one or two games for the Eagles so far this year, was out of the game yesterday. But Ricks is completely unplayable in the slot. Uh, uh, it took Darius Slay going to uh, Sean Desai and being like, "Hey, if they put Lamb in the slot, I'm guarding him." At the end of the, <laughs> at the end of yesterday's game, and that's something that I think could continue to be an issue. It's not like Roby is a massive upgrade over Ricks. He might just be slightly more playable. I would like to see them use Bayard a little bit more in the slot uh, if they can't figure out something, because that's something he was able to do at times in Tennessee. And he finally had a big play yesterday, uh, getting a tackle for loss in the backfield. But th there are definitely some concerning things about this defense. And it seems to be the same things kind of over and over again, where they can't, if the front four doesn't get pressure, there's going to be someone open down the field. These corners are either getting beat on plays or they are like Bradbury yesterday, just completely giving up on a play that uh, ended up being, you know, a huge conversion for the Cowboys late to lamb once again. And it just feels like over and over these same kind of issues pop up. Now, I'm not really certain what the remedy is here. I know we've talked a lot about them not really pressing in coverage. We've talked about them kind of not really blitzing a lot. Dak is generally not a guy you want to blitz. If you look at his numbers, he's always incredibly successful against the blitz. Yesterday, they only blitzed five times and he actually struggled during those, but I think that was because more he wasn't expecting those blitzes. They were kind of disguising the blitzes and the looks that they gave him. And I'm, I'm not really certain what the remedy is on the defensive end, but if the front four can't get pressure, it feels like this defense is a complete house of cards because the corner play has been so bad. So what do they even try to do when they're facing these more elite quarterbacks? Because we never, other than Sam Howell, who's Tom Brady against the Eagles, we, we usually get it with these kind of Dak Mahomes top 10 guys that can read a defense, can get rid of the ball quick, can extend a play. What can you do? Do you think that it's like a process thing where like it's bad from the jump or you just think it's like a great player making a great play? Because a lot of Dak's, great plays yesterday was because he was able to escape the pocket and actually extend the play and find someone downfield. And, you know, look, that happens from time to time, but I, I feel like I'm less concerned about that and more concerned about the fact that like these guys are just getting absolutely dusted one-on-one -on -one, and that is not going to be sustainable when you get further into the playoffs. I think yeah. the intro, you was, me and you was kind of getting into it in the discord. We come, we were talking about the secondary play yesterday and it, I'm, I don't know. I, I've been a supporter of Sean Desai and his play calls and how he's led this defense. But now I'm starting to question a couple of things. 
I mean, I know James Bradbury and Darius Slay aren't necessarily the same nimble DBs that we've, you know, that they've been over the course of their careers. Of course, they're going to get older. They're going to get slower. But at the same time, I do expect wisdom out of those two. And the fact of the matter is I'm not getting that. And for me, that's frustrating. Because if you guys are going to give up these kind of big plays like that, to be honest with you, I would rather have Keely Ringo and Eric and Eli Ricks on the outside and take my chances with those two over the fact that just by the way, Slay and Bradbury have just been getting hooked this year. I mean, it, it's it's something that I'm not used to seeing. And going back to what you were saying earlier um, about why, you know, this defense necessarily isn't working. I mean, quarterbacks are getting out their hands because they know we have a ferocious front four and that they don't have a whole lot of time to hold on to that ball. But if our corners continue to play seven plus yards off of the line of scrimmage, what do you think offensive coordinators are going to start telling these receivers? Hey, quick slants, quick outs. Let's get the ball out the quarterback's hands. That's how Sam Howell got to look like Tom Brady two times against us this year. That's how Dak Prescott got to throw for close to 400 yards against us yesterday. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. You've got to change up the strategy somehow or some way. And I don't know if it's the players or if it's Sean Desai deciding whether or not play by play that either you play off or you play press coverage. But my God, please start playing a little bit more press coverage, especially if you notice that the ball is coming out quickly. Make the quarterback hold on to that ball. Just one or two, one, two seconds more is the difference between a pressure and a sack and playing, forcing the offense to play into the defense's strength, which is the front four. You, you, you not, you're, you're going to continue. These things are going to continue to happen until the strategy in the secondary is changed. And it's, it's, for me, it's growing frustrating because it's more common sense than anything else. Vince, any thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I, these guys are old. They've been hurt a lot. And, and the truth is for a lot of the players they have, I mean, they just don't have truly dynamic guys right now, or they're incredibly unlucky. I mean, it's one of the two, like you're not getting a lot of picks. Um, you're not seeing a ton of like miraculous tipped balls. Bayard's new. So that's going to take some time. Reed Blankenship is a great surprise. He's a good player. Is he an elite player? I'm not going to say that. He's a good starter. Uh, Sidney Brown is a third-round rookie that's getting a lot of time. Eli Ricks is an undrafted rookie that's getting a lot of time. I mean, they've also got a lot of nobodies out there, and I think there's something to be said for that. I mean, the fact that these guys are at least playable to the point where they're not getting absolutely gutted for, like, 50 points like they're playing the Dolphins every week, and they slow the Dolphins down. Uh, so I, I think there are times where you have to give these guys credit. I mean, what are they going to look like after the buy for these older guys, especially, and you know, guys like Bayard jelly, what are they going to look like against Kansas city, Kansas city? I, I think it's a great test just because their receivers suck. I mean, they, they really, yeah. outside of Travis Kelsey, there's, there's nobody that you look at and go like, Oh no, what are they going to do about this guy? So like if Mahomes is torching them all the time for, you know, even the stuff like they've been doing, it's a lot of short yardage, five yards, seven yards, nine yards, 12 yards. Like they're doing that kind of thing over and over again. And yeah, these guys are getting beat by like Rasheed Rice. There's a problem. I mean, there's there's definitely a problem then. For now, I'm going to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because again, it's just like every week, it's a, it's a different set of guys. You just never know who's going to be there. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Kansas City of any team that's going to make the playoffs has by far the worst receiving core in the NFL. Like, I mean, even last year, they had Juju. They had, you know, like they had something that they could rely on. And this year, there's just nothing that they can really go to. If we come out of that game and they're getting picked apart again, that's where you really have to sound the alarm. And at this point, I think it has to be 
either it either has to be some sort of switch up in scheme or like you said like playing press i know that they, they always talk but they don't want to give up the big play but like dallas completed what i think completed the most uh 15 yard throws that they have all season last year and they like to play in that intermediate uh part of the field they're not going for big plays on every play this dallas offense is kind of their bread and butter is kind of you dink and dack you up the field if you will and that is something that is uh that's something that is we've talked about being a strength of this defense because they don't give up the explosive plays but also it's another thing we talked about where it's like they don't really cause turnovers because the quarterbacks aren't ever in a position where they have to make uh you know a, a a throw down the field which could lead to more variance or they feel like if they're if they're not under pressure or they're able to escape the pocket they're not making those same mistakes and i think as you as you go on you need guys to make plays whether it's defensive line the secondary whatever you need these guys to make plays and i actually think Outside of Nicobe Dean, and I know John's not here because Nicobe Dean had a terrible game yesterday. Yes. It, he had Horrible. an injury, but an awful game for Nicobe Dean. Uh, and John might have actually been cooking on that, so I'm glad he's not here to take a victory lap. But the the, the thing that I, I I've gotten out of this is I actually think the linebackers have played pretty well, all, all things considered. Uh, the last few weeks outside of Nicobe Dean, and I'm not really as concerned about that, despite the fact that they are kind of no-name type guys. It's really, to me, the secondary that needs to step it up, and if the front four can't send pressure, send pressure, you got to figure out ways to get to the quarterback, because that's what this Fangio style of defense has always been built on, and that's something that we need to look at moving forward. Having said all this, I felt like the offense really hit their stride yesterday. It felt like a game where, you know, obviously they started great with the touchdown drive and then they kind of had to get it out of the mud a little bit in the middle of the game. But Jalen hurts that performance. We've been talking a lot about AJ Brown being kind of the potential MVP candidate of this team. I think that Jalen very obviously threw his hat into the ring for the MVP conversation yesterday. He hasn't turned the ball over nearly as much over the last two or three weeks as he did prior to that. And uh, he has now had, I believe, seven touchdowns and one turnover uh, in the last two games. He is second in the NFL in total touchdowns so far this year and only behind Josh Allen, funny enough. Um, but I, the reason I bring this up is because he's playing through an injury right now. And we talked a little bit about AJ's case for either offensive player of the year. And I think it's going to be come down to him or Tyreek Hill, honestly. And with the Dolphins falling down the standings and AJ and this offense continuing to rise and get better every single week, I think he's got a legit shot. The Eagles being the only eight and one team, only one loss team in the NFL. I think he's got a legit shot, but Hertz probably sits in third for MVP right now. But I think statistically, if it's hard for me coming from the NBA and being like an NBA first guy because narrative matters a lot in these awards. Whereas in the NFL, they'll just give it to the best player 10 years in a row. They'll be like, we don't give a fuck about that. But do you guys think that Jalen has a legit case for MVP despite the turnovers? Because the guy just, you know, say what you will about the sporting cast, say what you will about kind of the context that he's in, but like he just doesn't lose football games. And like that seems kind of important especially when the guys ahead of him Mahomes and Lamar haven't put up the touchdowns at the same rate as they usually do and their teams actually have one more loss 
Yeah, I mean, me, look at look at Jalen Hurts, dude. Jalen Hurts is the franchise. He just is. Top to bottom, all the players on this team, his connection with A.J. Brown and making that happen. They've brought in all sorts of guys from, like, Oklahoma and Alabama. They're people that he knows, that he trusts, that he likes, and they've done everything in his image. And, and look at this team now. I mean, first drive of the game, what do you do? You convert two fourth downs because you're able to sneak it, and it's not just the line. It's him. He's, he can squat 600 pounds. Like, there's just there's nothing this guy can't do. And what's what's really remarkable about this and kind of funny when you go back and think about what his draft pro profile was and what some of the knocks were on this guy, he's an immaculate deep ball throw. I mean, he's one of the best deep ball throwers you can find. And he does Crazy. that all the time. I mean, that, that, that catch Devontae that, yesterday was insane. Beautiful. 100%. That was it was a crazy pass. It was a crazy catch. Like it took two superstars to make that play and they both made it. And and for them to be able to do that kind of thing again and again and again. I mean, it, it's different this year because like he's not doing as much of the read option stuff and taking it himself, although it was kind of driving us crazy how much he was running early. Uh, he's, he's not doing that as much now. So it's a little bit different. But like everybody last year was just like, we don't believe this. The team's too good around him. That was the whole conversation is like, how good is Jalen Hurts really? He goes through this whole offseason after losing the Super Bowl, playing great in the Super Bowl, losing it. But then national deals uh, on the front of magazines. He's in the Hulu ads. He's got all the notoriety and star power that's around him now. It's like it's the public's way of saying, like, we recognize this guy is probably not a fluke. And, and for him to follow up this way and have a great year, it's just like he's he's the real deal. He's here to stay. So, yeah, I think he's absolutely got a great case. 22 and two. That is his regular season record for two seasons. 22 and two, this actually, team is. If you extend back even further, it's 25 and two in his last 27 starts in the regular even, season. Even more impressive. And which with is, 12 straight wins against teams with winning records. Which is all Ooh. the more, which is all the more proving my point. This guy is the real deal. Honestly, I think, I think it was a crime for him not to win MVP last year. I think it was absolute buffoonery. That he just misses one game and it com is completely eliminated from the MVP fantasy race. I was pissed. But anyway, this year, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Watkins, I'll never forgive you. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, don't get me started on that. But, <laughs> yeah, okay, so in the beginning of the season, yeah, he had a little bit of a turnover problem. I think the entire team was still trying to find its footing. But just look at what he's done over the past couple of games. And it just seems, I don't know, guys, it just seems to me like this injury has brought out the best of him, which is a little crazy to think about because healthy-wise, you know, he's going to try to scramble out of the pocket. He's going to try to make a play regardless. This injury has forced him into the pocket and forced him, has forced him to become a, a, a pocket passer, not just a, a pocket passer, but a really good pocket passer. I mean, he's trusting his offensive line. He's going through his reads. He's scanning the field, reading the defenses. It's for me, it's just impressive, especially considering how he started off his career where he could barely throw the football, one read gone. And just look at the progress that he's made over the course of his career. Like, it's absolutely astounding. Absolutely. He sh his name should be matter of fact, he should be in the lead for MVP. There's no, there's really no other quarterback that's doing it like him. And that has done it like him over the past. What'd you say? 25 starts, 27 starts. He's 25 27 and two. starts like this. Ridiculous. And Absolutely by the way, ridiculous. by the way, you know what it takes for the Eagles to lose a game with Jalen hurts at quarterback other than an otherworldly performance from Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, is Quez Watkins. Multiple fumbles is 
four turnovers from the or five turnovers from the offense in the Jets game. It is outlier shit that doesn't happen every single week. And it's a reason why they've had this sustainable formula of winning over the last few years. And they can win in any kind of way. We've talked about it over and over and over again. But just kind of bring up your point uh, about that. When this guy faces adversity, and like we said, he got banged up, he got hurt. Since the Jets game, where he really had his worst game since he's made the leap, I think we can all agree on, in terms of decision-making, in terms of the bad turnovers that he had in that game, he has completed 74% of his passes, 279 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, 76% of his passes, 319 yards, four touchdowns, 74% of his passes, 207 yards, and two touchdowns yesterday. So you're talking, and plus a rushing touchdown in, I think, all of those games. So you're talking about a guy who is going to end up leading the NFL in total touchdowns by the end of the year, I believe. You're talking about a guy who's probably going to go into the playoffs with one, maybe two or three losses at the most. And you're talking about a guy who has been kind of the backbone of this team ever since he made that leap uh, just over a year ago as a passer. And maybe narrative doesn't matter as much in the NFL as it does in other sports when it comes to this stuff. But what he said in the press conference yesterday, I'm sorry, in the postgame interview yesterday, like he is going to go down forever as one of the greatest Philadelphia athletes just because what he means to this city, what this era is going to end up meaning. And look, they're eight and one for the second straight year. I'm not trying to jinx it, but of those teams, there's never been a team that started seasons eight and one back-to-back years that has not gone on to win at least one Super Bowl. So that is the path that they are on. And as we've talked about the NFL being mid over and over, it was so funny because we were in, when the Eagles were losing yesterday, I was in group chats with people and they were saying, are the Eagles frauds? What's happening? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, look, the Eagles might be frauds, but it doesn't even fucking matter because the rest of the NFL is fraudulent as hell this year. They're not as good as they were last year. It shows in the numbers, but I don't think that matters. I've said it over and over. Like there's no one in the NFC that should really give this team a run for its money. I think I've said all year, I think Dallas and the 49ers have the best chance, obviously, because of their top end talent and kind of the challenges that they present for the Eagles. But look, the road to the one seat is right in front of you. Win a few of these games upcoming on the schedule and that end of the schedule is going to be so easy for them. Now you have the tanking Cardinals. Daniel Jones is out for the year for, for the giants and you have two games against them. You, you can basically cakewalk your way into the playoffs. So win come out of these next few games with three or four, a three of four wins. And there's no way that the Cowboys can catch up to you. There's no way anyone except for maybe the lions can catch up to you. And I think they're a little bit Fugazi too. So I'm saying it's everything's right in front of Jalen hurts to win every MVP. Everything's right in front of AJ Brand to win offensive player of the year. And everything's right in front of the Eagles to take that one seed and really grab it by the neck because they're every other team that we view as a legit threat has three losses now. And if that's the case, then there's no reason that they shouldn't be the one seed come January. Yeah, and, the, and their biggest problem now, I mean, it's it's been injuries, right? So even like you said, with Goddard being out for a couple of weeks and all the stuff in the secondary, all the different injuries they've had, I mean, for the most part, they're fine. I mean, they're they're really like, they're going to be totally fine. Uh, you, you're not losing any major players to this point. So to be able to get to this stage where your record's this good and you're hitting the bye, uh, 
this is what it's all about. So like the, the opportunity is completely there. It's just a question of how healthy can you be? And, and going back just a little bit too, to like Jalen hurts and his health and what it looks like. I mean, it, it is really cool because I do remember that point when it was like, Oh, four, Oh five. The Eagles are in that killer run that they had then with Jim Johnson and Reed and all those guys. And, and remember the changes in Donovan McNabb being a scrambling guy running around being wild, making these big plays and then saying, Hey, I'm getting hit a lot. I got to go to the pocket. I got to be disciplined watching him walk off the field yesterday. Jalen hurts with a knee brace and like a flak jacket and all this kind of stuff. It, it just looked like watching McNabb. And uh, I mean, he's got all the intangibles McNabb could never have in his life. So uh, when you, when you think about the kind of guy that hurts is, and he's a better, more accurate passer, I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable what he's able to do. So, I mean, you think of that kind of potential. I've thought about that before with Hurts, but I really felt it again yesterday. And look, I'm, I'm one of those people who's willing to admit they're wrong. I will give credit where credit is due. I will give my flowers to Brian Johnson. I was very critical of him in the beginning of the season. And I do see progress from our offensive coordinator. So, look, I, I like the play calls now they they make sense he's, he's putting the players in the position the best position for them to make plays and i, I that's all i really wanted that little you know that he had to dallas goddard yesterday he was cooking on yes. that one that was that was nice yes i i i totally agree all right they and he did something yesterday that I, I really wanted him to do. And that was, I wanted him to just stick with the run. I believe the Eagles ran the ball 33 times. And I think they had just over a hundred yards. No. And percentage was, I believe that equals out to like a little over three yards a carry, but he stayed with the game plan. He stayed disciplined. And for me, that's all I really needed and wanted to see out of Brian Johnson. And you know what? I'm, I'm giving credit where credit is due. We even saw Rashad Penny yesterday. Oh, my God. Vince's yeah. Guy. We, we Good saw six, him seven up. yards. Yeah. Uh, Vince, why are you laughing? Do you, uh, about, why are you laughing about the, about the Brian Johnson thing, though? I, I well, heard yeah, first off, you laughing It sounded like Tyre was being held hostage and forced to read from a card as he's complimenting <laughs> the offensive coordinator for doing a good job. I, I'm really sorry for, for my take that I met. Like, it was like you're mourning the take more than like celebrating the offensive coordinator doing well. So I thought that was really funny. Um, take pride in my takes, Vince. I take pride. All right. Yeah, I, I stand yeah. on my takes. If the tanks don't do well, then I, I feel hurt. Clearly. No, I hear that. And like, hey, my take is Penny sucks to Troll's point. And I think that was one of the interesting <laughs> things about this game. I mean, look, they're at a point now, like Albert O is, was active and getting a couple of snaps. Penny was out there. He got a couple of snaps. He was a kick returner. I like just the kind of things they're doing. It feels like they're getting to a point now where they feel comfortable enough with the offense and just where things are. They're like, all right, let's experiment more. Let's try some things. Let's get some fringe guys, see what they can contribute, really give them some game reps. Um, the end around that they did where Swift was a wide receiver and then they handed, they pitched it to him and Gainwell was the lead blocker. That was like an awesome, fun change of pace play. It was really successful. So like, it just felt like they were they were a lot more comfortable with everything that they're doing at this point. Brian Johnson is a lot more comfortable and they're figuring it out. I mean, if if I was going to be critical of one thing, the one thing that really pissed me off more than anything was was pretty subtle. But in the last minute or so of that game, I mean, the Eagles have first down. It's been a change of possession. They had to call a timeout. And yep. and you're like, why why are you burning a timeout when you, when you're just running the ball to kill clock at the end of the game here? Like that, it just didn't make any sense. And then with how chaotic things said- got. 
AJ Brown in motion and he and Swift runs oh into him and film I was like, this is I, I will say it reminded me of the Jets game a lot in that every time I felt like they were about to pull away, they just handed the 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 ball to the or they tried to hand the ball to the Cowboys and they weren't able to take advantage of it. That was the only frustrating part of the offense to be yesterday. Otherwise, the end of game execution was really it for me. Brutal. It was brutal. And it, 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 honestly, that AJ Brown hit was so bad that I swear to God, I checked the box score to see if he got credited for a tackle. I, I, I really, <laughs> I thought he got Swift out. I thought, I thought, I thought Swift got a concussion and was just knocked out cold. Cause he was ran into him so fast. Cause he just went like, he went limp, but then he, he somehow got the ball back. Yeah, that Actually, was crazy. Was team who we're building a statue of for that. That's that's yes. our guy. Uh, rough start, but he figured it out. So uh, yeah, happy for him. So yeah, yeah. but uh, like other than that, I mean, yeah, they did a really good job. It's it's just, uh, they, I mean, they definitely have to be cleaner. They definitely got a little bit lucky there. Like Dallas did give them a hell of a shot and had every chance to win that game. I mean, you think about that. You think about Washington not going for two at the end of that game and instead going to overtime. Like there's there's just been a couple of times where they've gotten away with one, and that's okay. Like they're playing a good schedule. They're overachieving at this point. We still don't like, does anybody think they've played like a true, I mean, maybe Miami's the best example of like a dominating game. I mean, it's like start to finish. No, they're playing elite football. Yeah. Hurt said it in the, in the post game interview. He said, we haven't played a beginning to end game that we feel good with, but we always find ways to win. And like, look, that is something that we've talked about the importance of that. That's what the chiefs always do. That's what the Patriots always do. I get it. But you would like to see them put together one solid end-to-end game where you're not concerned on the edge of your seat in the fourth quarter. Because Miami, look, we can act like we weren't concerned. They threw a pick in the end zone when they were down two scores with, like, uh, what, six minutes left in that game or whatever it was. They had their chances as well. So, like... I would like to see them continue to kind of continue on this pass offensively. By the way, they're third in the NFL in total yards uh, right now per game. I'm sorry, they're second in total yards. I think they're third in points. It might be the other way around. I can't remember. But either way, they have a top three offense in the NFL right now for as much complaining as there's been about Brian Johnson. They figured out some things that they really struggled with early in the season. And I think that they're going to continue with that momentum going forward 100%. And the last thing is just Dallas. That game was so important for Dallas. I know it's easy for the, you know, like it's easy for me to say as an Eagles fan, like it wasn't as important for the Eagles as it was for Dallas, but it was way more important. One, this fucking team, they hype up the Cowboys game or they hype up the 49ers game. They spend all fucking off season talking about it. They're talking about it, but before they even fucking play the Arizona Cardinals and fumble that game, they they're talking up the 49ers game they're saying going into 49ers week all due respect to the eagles we're we don't view them in the same category as us the 49ers are in our class and by the way you were right you're both you both have three losses now so congratulations on that but that and then also on top of the smugness the arrogance of this team last week they're just they're front running they're destroying the rams and on the sidelines parsons is saying you know who's next week you know who's next week we got to get up for next week and for the second time in a month you go in against a team you've been hyping up and you lose the fucking game because of mental mistakes down the stretch this team like as much talent and as much of a mismatch as they can be for the eagles in a game that was basically must win for them they if they want to win the NFC East, they've got to win out now and hope the Eagles lose multiple games. Like they're, they're not in a position where they can really catch the Eagles now, unless there's some sort of disaster for the Eagles down the stretch. So like 
the fact that they are such front runners, the fact that they talk all this shit, they they walk around with their chests out, and then they they fumble the game after getting blown out by the 49ers, they're a joke, dude. Like this is this is why I'll never take Mike McCarthy seriously. And as great as Dak played all day yesterday, he had three chances to win the game and he fucking blew it. It's they're just a joke of an organization. Yeah, I just still find it funny how Micah Parsons like really tried to get Cowboys fans to take over the link. Have you? Ha, are you out of your fucking mind? Are you kidding? No, we will never see that in our lifetimes, ever. Are you kidding me? And even if you, even if you did take over the link, does it matter? Does it really matter? Because somehow, or some way. You guys always fumble the back when it comes against winning teams. Dak Prescott's record, I, I forget it off the, off the top of my head, but it is not good the last couple of seasons against winning teams, teams with a winning percentage. Yes, the Cowboys blow out teams that they're supposed to be, teams that are 500 or below. That's what they do. They just blow them out. Everybody hypes them up and they look good. Then when they go up against the big teams in the NFL, the big dogs, now you want to look like little dogs. You want to look like little puppies, little poodles. Y'all want to act like, what are, the, what are those little, y'all want to act like little chihuahuas. Yep. Like, I don't, I don't take the Cowboys seriously anymore. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons why, like, usually I'm, I'm trash talking Cowboys fans going into Cowboys week. I wasn't trash. I didn't feel like trash talking this week. Now, one no, Cowboy fan, a friend of nothing. mine did call me out. He called me out the day of Sunday, so I had to get him back after the game. But I usually don't trash talk Cowboys fans because it's not worth it to me anymore. Honestly, it's beneath me. It, it truly is. Like, I, it is beneath me to talk trash about Cowboys, the Cowboys anymore. It truly is. Like, I, I don't care anymore. All right, just go ahead. Go in your little corner. Go ahead and bark. Push come the shelf. I can always just put you back in your place. Just stop. Now I know Stop. how now I know how the rest of the NBA feels about the Sixers. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> this is this is they are the NFL Sixers. It's it's just like yeah, do your do your do whatever you're going to do in, you know, for them it's October, for the for the Sixers it's, you know, December and January. We'll see we'll see what happens when when it comes down to these these games in uh when when they really count and uh yeah, I mean they're a joke, dude. They're an absolute joke. I hope that the Eagles end up sweeping them this year because it would be great just to cruise into those last few weeks, not having to worry about the division, not having to worry about the one seed. Uh, but I still do think it's going to be a tough matchup just because of the things that they can exploit with the Eagles defensively. They've, they've had success with that over the last two games. People were talking about Dak and how great he played yesterday. And he was awesome until the fourth quarter when he kind of shit his pants down the stretch. But I just want to say, did anyone watch the Eagles play against the Cowboys last year? Cause Dak like through like, and, and even different defense, different defensive coordinator, all that shit. Dak has always been lights out against the Eagles in the regular season. This is what he does. He's incredible until we get to round two. And then in round two, he'll, you know, just shit all over himself. Like he usually does when the lights are bright. So I, I can't say that I'm really, uh, as I, I, like I said, I've always felt like this matchup was a weird matchup for us. I didn't feel great about it, but the Cowboys proved who they are and who they always will be as long as they have this coach, this quarterback, that owner. And uh, yeah, not afraid, not afraid at all. And I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this second matchup back, back in Dallas in a few weeks. Yeah. And real it, quick, it's Terrell, be magic. 
I mean, you, you think quick, about so it, like, right? Oh, oh ah, 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 I'm just gonna, I'm gonna yell a tire. Is all this is now? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's fast because with Dallas, like, it really is the owner more than anything, right? Because like when you talk that much, the way that he does, he does it publicly, makes a big stink about everything. You just get yeah. to this point where. Well, what happens is you're setting false expectations constantly. And when you get to this point of we're expecting to win, we're so great, we're going to do all this stuff from that mental standpoint of like, oh, well, we thought we were going to do that. Now we're not. It's a panic when like you should go into that game going, oh, this is one of the best teams in the league. Anything can happen. And we're just hoping to be there late in the game and make the most of it. It's just it's like it's a it's a weird way to set your yourself up for failure again and again and again. But they always do it. And you're right, Trill. Like they they, they are the Sixers. They never make it past the second round. So it just it is what it is. Uh, they'll they'll never figure it out until Jerry's gone. Real quick, Trill, I think you alluded to it. Like I, the Cowboys needed this game a whole lot more than the Eagles did because going into the game, I believe the Eagles had a one and a half game lead in the division, and now they're back two and a half games. Like that's that's pretty significant, especially if they're trying to you know win the division and have an easier path during the playoffs. Because the reality is this. In four weeks' time, I, I believe we, the Eagles, face the Cowboys again, and if they and if they lose to them again, not only does that puts them further back in the division, but now like that that lowers your seating in the playoffs. So they really needed this game a whole lot more than the Eagles did. Honestly, and I'm not saying they should have lost, but the Eagles could have afforded to lose yesterday sure. to the Cowboys. Yeah. They had a whole they had a whole lot more a whole lot more to lose the Cowboys than the Eagles did. And for them to lose like that the way they did, it's got to be deflating for them. Especially Absolutely. down the stretch. Yeah. I mean it's 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 honestly it it was when the pressure's on when the games matter, this will always be who they are. Like I mean, they've had two games this year that were against real opponents. They lost both of those games and then they fumbled another one. They'll always be the Cowboys and I'm genuinely, I, I cannot be afraid of a team that, that is as comical and as, as just constantly tripping over themselves as much as they do. So thank you, Mike McCarthy. I have a famous uh, tweet in NFL Twitter that is, uh, that says Mike McCarthy sweating, covered in sweat, uh, hovering his finger over a button that says lose game. And he did it again yesterday. The Eagles gave him every opportunity and he still couldn't pull it off. So thank you, Jerry, for hiring Mike McCarthy. Thank you for being a clown show of a franchise. And we'll see you again in a few weeks. Uh, this was fun. And I hope that next time uh, we'll be victory lapping the Eagles, uh, defeating the Cowboys again and cruising their way to an NFC East title and a one seed for the second straight season. Peace. Peace.